Good morning, Philadelphia Nerd listeners on WWDB 860 and everywhere else via the live stream or after the show via the podcast. This is Kevin O'Brien, and this is the SMB Acceleration Show. Remember, if you missed anything this morning on the radio broadcast or live stream, as I said, you can catch the podcast via our website, smbacceleration.com, or anywhere you get your podcast. If you're a small business owner looking to accelerate your business growth, to recommend taking advantage of our small business marketing audit. This deal is remarkable through the end of the year. The normal $2,500 price is down to $99. Wayne and I were looking for a great way to help businesses get started with the new year. So, hope everyone had a good week, and we're back to another Monday of marketing. Unfortunately for all the Philadelphia Eagles fans, the Eagles pulled out a win, keeping their uh, playoff hopes alive. And fortunately, it's a beautiful uh, morning so far. We haven't run into any snow, sleet, rain. I guess that's all coming later in the day, and we'll get into some small business marketing news while we wait on Wayne, who I believe is caught on 76, so we'll have to check in with Wayne and see how the drive down this morning was. I'm guessing not so good if he uh, has been held up in traffic. So, saw some really great articles over the weekend and throughout the week, thought it was worth sharing, and you know, one of them kind of piggybacked on what we were talking about last week with the small business video and the week before. There was a small business owner in Wales who put together a commercial for his business with a total budget of $130. The production costs were $130 total, and he was able to take that $130 and now actually get a claim outside of just his local business area by having it picked up by you know other news outlets and stuff because of how good the commercial was. And the commercial, if you're wondering what it was about, was he used his son to kind of uh, go through making all of the, you know, like setting up the store for the day. It was a hardware store in Wales. And the kid was the star of it and, you know, kind of played off the cute factor of being able to use a kid and that it was really well put together. You know, the name of the business is actually escaping me right now, but it, let me see if I can find it. Okay. It was actually on the blaze. Let's see. Cost them $130 to make that, as the article said. And the, for those listening on the radio and not via the live stream, I'll uh, just let you know the, thumbnail of the video is a little kid with a kid's broom going through sweeping up and the entire video short video was all about you know his son getting the store ready for the day and the business owner's plan was to run it via YouTube ads and he's done it from what the article said several years now in a row and he really kind of uh you know hit a home run this year and you know the Ad is simply, you know, half it hardware it is. Their Christmas advertisement 2019, you know, and they're using the hashtag be a kid this Christmas. And as the time of the writing of that article, the video had received over 773,000 views and more than 11,000 likes. So it's just a you know, great example of how, as a business owner, you don't need a huge budget 
to make, you know, kind of a splash with your marketing. Video really allows you to make it happen without needing an extensive budget, especially if you put some thought into what's going to be the message or, you know, kind of the tone of the uh, video. Unfortunately, this video kind of struck gold. You know, it was smart. He played around uh, kids and Christmas, and, you know, everyone can relate to the excitement of being a kid around Christmas. And, you know, for $130, he's kind of garnered worldwide fame now. Not that it necessarily is huge for, you know, a local business, but for him it is definitely, you know, a positive as far as gaining traction with, you know, even locally throughout Wales and the UK, you know, people are going to definitely think of that hardware store and, you know, that's definitely not a bad thing. And even locally, I guess it gives him additional exposure into, you know, just all the people because everyone likes to hear that, you know, a local business is doing really something extraordinary. And then there was another really good article I came across that was actually in the Cape Cod Times, and it was about you know, understanding your customer to grow your small business. And it was written by a SCORE mentor. So, you know, if you're not familiar, SCORE is an excellent resource for small businesses, even if you're looking to grow, expand, or start, primarily to start a business, but to grow or expand. You know, it's the, um, they provide mentorship and they're retired executives who now provide business mentorship. And a lot of times, you know, you can, they kind of have that invaluable knowledge of a business and can help you with the business plan, kind of figure out what's going to work, what's not going to work, what might need more help just as far as, you know, growing or scaling a business. And you can go to their website, score.org. But this was an article in the Cape Cod Times. And it was all about tips for understanding your customer to grow your small business. And the uh, author made some really excellent points that just, you know, the key key of it was knowing your customer is a vital part of effectively selling whatever your product or service is. And this means you really have to understand the behaviors that are leading people to your business and how that is going to work to get your customer, ideal customer, to actually make a purchase. So, you know... You really, you kind of need to start delving into who's buying your product or who's doing business with you. And this, you know, is true for B2B or B2C. If you're selling to other businesses, you need to know which executives or who in that, you know, other organization is the one looking to make the purchase, who has the purchasing authority, how many people are going to need to sign off on this and the like. You know, and the goal is to kind of get to who do I right, need to create my content for so that they can share this with everyone in their business and make it a faster, you know, sale from that end. If you're selling directly to consumer, you know, you really need to think, you know, what is the impetus for these people to go out and try my product? Why are they interested in buying it? You know, what leads them to buy it? Is it an impulse purchase or is it, you know, something that's really a you know, longer sales cycle and or something they're going to really put a lot of thought into, you know, even like a lot of thought short term of like buying a TV, you know, are people do they need to look at reviews? Does your website need testimonials? What kind of social proof really helps sell that your business is the right one to do business with? So the, you know, really the more information you can get about your customer, 
the easier it becomes over time to target your marketing effort. And a lot of times it's really good to start out with looking at who your existing customers are. You know, there's really a ton of information you can kind of delve into with existing customers to make help make those decisions on which customers are, one, the most profitable, you know, two, are repeat customers, and then three, really, what kind of characteristics do all these people share and how is that, you know, relevant to your marketing effort? You know, things like age and gender, spending habits, income, like different types of purchasing behavior. You know, a lot of times you can tailor a lot of ads or your marketing effectiveness and initiatives to what, you know, is going to resonate most with your targeted audience. So that means sometimes changing your content or changing the messaging, even changing the medium. Sometimes, you know, as much as we've talked about video being an excellent way to go about and disseminate your business information as far as possible. Video is, you know, not always great if the target market you're going for doesn't use video. You know, if they're not streaming video, say they're a demographic that, you know, isn't widely using video, maybe it's you're going after senior citizens so you're selling, you know, some service to older Americans and older, you know, people throughout the world, but they just don't use, you know, video isn't, streaming video isn't a big part of their, you know, habits. So you would then need to look at tailoring the message to what makes more sense. You know, is it TV or is it direct mail or, you know, direct uh, phone? Really, the more you can kind of go into, delve into what, you know, makes people similar that have purchased from you. And that's a great way to really start digging into, you know, how can I get to these people quicker and how can I, you know, kind of faster find these habits or behaviors that are similar and kind of use them to get my product out to more people who would be interested in it. And then let's see another article I came across, which was interesting because I was recently doing some uh, holiday shopping, both from a corporate and personal sense. And, you know, there's an article talking about the Advertising Specialty Institute, and it was mentioning how promo products use is up both from a business to employee and business as business giving to other, you know, either other businesses that are, are, they already have a relationship with or prospects. And in both cases, you know, the spending was kind of up and there was a really interesting side of the business to employee. They were saying how many businesses now are giving their employees higher quality brand items, you know, such as Yeti, Cups, Patagonia, uh, Patagonia products, North Face jackets, apparel, stuff of that sort. So really it's been a, you know, kind of growing business for getting people set up with their, uh, you know, promotional products. And having worked at a company that previously did a lot of promotional products, you know, that's one thing the owners found that employees loved. 
Wayne, what's happening? Hey, everyone. Sorry about that. Been a crazy start to my morning. Left at 6 a.m. and got caught in traffic all the way. <laughs> ah, but I'm here now. I've just been listening in as I'm driving in. So we've got some great topics today. Looking Absolutely. forward to the show. And uh, yeah, just... You know, going over the last couple of items around uh, that video t- item was awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. To get that sort of response from something that was fundamentally extremely affordable, it was amazing how great that was. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm pumped and ready to go. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Yeah, it, uh, to, yeah. I guess double back real quick. This is amazing, right? For 130 bucks, you could get that kind of traction. Yeah. Um, it just goes to show the power of video, really. And and again, I, we've been harping on this the last couple of episodes that it doesn't take a huge budget to create great content. Uh, you know, what was interesting about that was the hook with the child and using the child to um, help promote the business. But it's a great storytelling mechanism. Yes. And, and I think that's the key is work on the story. If the story works and it resonates with your audience, understanding who they are, what they're doing and why – you're going to succeed. It's going to work. Um, whether it goes viral every time is anyone's guess, but yes. you know, it can happen and we've seen it more than once. No, you're absolutely right. You know, and that is something to always keep in mind. You're probably not going to go viral, but I mean, if you get that good traction, regardless, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah, it totally is. Um, so again, yeah, it, a fantastic, fantastic use of media, a great storyline and he succeeded extremely well. And Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I think it's uh, it's something you should really take note of, especially around this time of year, uh, heading into a new year. Let's start thinking about how can you use your marketing budget a little differently. Maybe it is to increase the, those videos. You know, don't be afraid to do it yourself and and really work on the stories. Yeah, and I mean, holiday when your office is all decorated for the holidays and all, kind of gives it a different feel. It's not a bad time to set up something, some kind of shoot, or use you know. A lot of places are decorated for the holidays. There's lights, you know, it kind of sets up for a good storytelling via video. Yeah, and it shows some of your company culture. Whether you're large or small, your culture is is really important because it's it relates to your customers, how and who you are, how you like to do business, what your environment's like to work in. It, you get to see some of the employees. You know, all these things are great in terms of building your brand affinity and getting your customers to understand who you are and what makes you tick and why you should do, you know, why that particular customer should do business with you. Absolutely. No, it is. It's a, it's kind of amazing. I mean, you would think more businesses are probably continuing to see the value of, you know, the holiday. Well, one, video in general, but two, then like the holiday ads. Yeah. Of, uh, you know, it's not going to cost that much, but you can really... You might go viral. Exactly. Uh, this time of year, you know, people have a little bit more time on their hands, so they're able to look at YouTube or see things a little bit more easily. So, you know, take advantage of the seasonality and, and create a seasonal... I mean, hey, how about this for an idea? Why not, Why not? instead of sending out your typical Christmas card, send out a video email Yeah, doing seasonal absolutely. greetings and, and get people involved. And, you know, you can... The great thing with the seasons is that you can have a bit of fun as well. It doesn't have to be all business. It doesn't have to be all serious. It, you can have some fun. You can do some great storytelling. You can even play off of some things, the idea of some seasonal themes such mm-hmm. as Scrooge or things of that nature. And you can have some good fun with it. And it, it shows a side of your company um, and business that perhaps your customers don't see. No, absolutely. No, it, it is kind of... Uh amazing what you probably can do and has someone who has just purchased a 
both holiday cards corporately and all it you know definitely adds up if you could probably if you could turn that budget into creating a video you know you're probably going to get just as no less impact probably more yeah i i would say um and again the last couple of places that i've been at uh working wise even for our customers we were starting to create video e-cards and um it's amazing the impact they have and and a lot of our because we used to run customer surveys uh every year around this time of year and uh the interesting metric was really that they they were waiting anticipating that video e-card every year oh that's excellent. so that yeah. yeah i mean it does work it really is a a, a meaningful kind of piece even though it's a one-off because of the season it doesn't matter it's something that separates you from everyone else yeah, no, absolutely. That's really good. I mean, especially because everything else, what happens, all the Christmas cards get hung up by the reception area or someone's desk, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, all right, great. Yeah. There's a bunch of cards that we <laughs> yeah. don't know who sent them to us. Yeah, I got, uh, so speaking of cards, I got one this weekend uh, from a, um, a company that I've, I've been talking to, and it was a you know standard postcard style uh with a g- very generic message and then mm-hmm. a hand signature which you could tell was digitally implanted rather than actually oh signed. nice and yeah it, it it lasted two seconds i think my kids liked it probably more than i did and that's <laughs> that's not <laughs> i'm not trying to offend the person who sent sent it to me i love that kind of sentiment it was great yeah. But uh, it didn't have necessarily the impact that perhaps an email with a video in it, something a bit more personalized, may have actually really helped with. That's true. That's a great point. What's your uh, thoughts on the promotional purchases? Just talking about the Advertising Specialty Institute and just that what they're saying, it's actually growing and also growing within company to employee. You know, it's some buying employees branded promotional or higher end branded promotional items seem to be a growing trend. Yeah, I, I mean, we've always liked branded things, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you, where that resonates most is in trade show and events like that. But it definitely shows if you've got something a little bit more uh, high end, a little bit more um, impressive, shall we say? Mm-hmm. The impact, it shows that, A, you care about the people you're giving these to. And I think for employees, that's a big deal. Um, I mean, I personally, I'm wearing, although I no longer work for the company, I'm still wearing their T-shirt. It's soft, (laughs) it's comfortable, it's very lightly branded. So Mm -hmm. it's actually something you can get away with wearing. Um, And they did supply uh, really nice fleeces and things of that nature. Makes a huge difference. Like I, I didn't get rid of any of those. I still kept no. them. I may not work at that company anymore, but yeah, I still got good feelings about them, and uh, I'm not afraid to wear their their very nice fleece that they gave me and their their lovely t-shirt. So. No, I'm the same way. Actually, my backpack and uh, actually, yeah, my backpack too. Branded, uh, <laughs> and it is. It's funny because it is actually Patagonia when kind of this article was talking about it, and I was like. I was blown away when they first did it because at one I didn't know you could get higher end, you know, promotional products. Yeah, it's all about you know looking around shopping, mm-hmm. like trying to find the right products, and and some of these you're not going to get from your your typical uh, quick prints or things of yeah. that nature. You, you're going to have to look and search for them, but it makes a huge huge difference to your customers and your employees. I remember. Again, the place that I'm wearing, and mm-hmm. I'll give them a free plug. It's uh, Bailey uh, Branding. Um, they sent out this delicious coffee cake every year, and it was a unique coffee cake. It was made locally. 
and they sent it out and our customers literally wrote us emails and, and sent us letters and stuff saying, hey, we love that coffee cake, so delicious. And it was a known thing. So for the last 10, 15 years, they've been sending out this coffee cake and uh, our customers loved it. Oh, that's good. And, that's and, beautiful. Yeah, it was, it was uh, again, a local baker made it and uh, it makes a difference. It was a high end worth doing i mean it wasn't necessarily a cheap cake yeah um but it was worth doing so customers it really resonated with them and something they were looking forward to at this time of year so this time of year they basically for free in a sense they were thinking of you before you sent it because they were like anticipating exactly so you're top cake, of yeah. mind because they're anticipating a delicious coffee cake um it's kind of funny right you, yeah it's, it's sometimes the simple things are what makes the difference but you know, simple things doesn't mean cheap and cheerful, although that can be effective mm -hmm. too. If you put a little bit more thought into it, a little bit more, um, look for something that's a little different, a little, little more stylish or, you know, those swell bottles are great. You can get those branded mm -hmm. now. Um, they can make a huge difference to how someone perceives your brand and they can actually start to anticipate or look forward to it. So you're always top of mind. Your brand is always top of mind. Absolutely. And I think the key to any successful promotional item is make it something that someone's actually going to use. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we get these, <laughs> I forget how many stress balls I've seen at different events that I've been to over the years, but there's stress balls, there's this, there's massages. There's yeah. But the things that stick out most is, um, I mean, this was ridiculous, but when I was in London, uh, there was a big design symposium. Um, and I remember rolling up at one, um, they were a digital agency, and I rolled up at their thing, and I was really interested in talking to them. And they were giving away iPods. No way. Fully branded iPods. Wow. Um, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> I'm not saying everyone should do that because that's ridiculously expensive. But they managed to work out, I'm sure, a good deal. But it does make a huge difference. Quality over quantity. Make sure you really kind of have something that's useful. I mean, perfect examples. Our backpacks are great. The reason being is my backpack is built to travel. Mm -hmm. So it's got the laptop space. It's got an iPad, uh, iPad space. There's enough in it that if you're doing a quick over enough room, if you're doing a quick overnighter, you can put some clothes and your wash gear in it. Um, there's no way I'm parting with that bag, even though it was my former employees, uh, employers that, that gave me that bag. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a very useful product and, and it's robust and strong and I've had it for over a, two years and it doesn't look any different now than it did the day I got it. So, and then they get free, uh, advertising basically as you're a walking billboard, right? Exactly. I mean, you know, it is what it is and oh, yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. It, it serves a practical use for me such as, you know, the t-shirt is a nice comfortable t-shirt. Yeah, so it no, serves agree, a practical yeah. use. And so I think that that would be my tip of the day would be if you're going to get a promotional piece and maybe a high end promotional piece, make sure it's something useful and make sure it's something that someone can actually use ev almost every day. Yeah. That would be the ideal. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, something that somebody said about you know, get wine glasses are great, but not everybody drinks wine. Exactly. And yeah. <laughs> unless you know exactly your audience and can vary it and have champagne or wine or beer or coffee, then it gets a little ridiculous. So think, uh, think outside the box. Think about what you use on a day-to-day -day basis. Maybe it isn't as simple as a backpack. Maybe it's just a phone case with your branding on it. Something that they will use every day. True. No, that's a great point. And you know what? The last piece of news is very funny because it is from CMS Wire, and basically the author was saying 
that he believes that the great desire for personalization is going to change. That eventually we're going to, it's going to go away because of all the uh, ad blocking and people's just general sentiment about how they don't they feel creep like Big Brotherish with everything following them around. Yeah, I I can kind of see that, but. Um is an interesting topic because there is such a big push right now to go personalized with things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting uh, angle to come at it at as, uh, excuse me. Yep. Bless you. The, uh, you. Um, yeah. I agree. I, I don't know. I mean, for me personally, you know, there is something about visiting a website where the content is geared towards what I'm there for mm-hmm. or what I'm looking at or what I'm hunting for. That gives me uh, a sense of okay, I, like I know all the mechanisms, I know how they're doing it. I can tell you down to the technical level, but it gives me the, it gives me comfort to know that they they really understand who I am and what I'm looking for. But I can see from a general purpose, from an advertising point mm-hmm. of view, you know, we talk about remarketing and how powerful that can be. Yeah, it does get a little much. No, um, agreed. And I mean, he had a great, an interesting point about really how much money it takes to actually make personalization work correctly yeah and like how much doesn't come cheap (laughs) no so you know it's interesting on both sides i i think i'll still err on the side of personalizing as much as possible yeah Uh, i mean again i think it's one of those tactics that we all we all like but we've overused Mm -hmm. and i think the reality is it doesn't have to be all or nothing you could personalize a landing page to a very specific yes portion of your audience and and that really helps convert but should you remarket every single advertising no, platform exactly. and should you be pushing out 30 or 40 remarketing ads probably not you know think about think about the impact that has from a customer point of view and and how that makes them feel about your brand i think it's really important to keep brand top of mind at all times and think okay is this lessening or cheapening my brand by doing it this way Whereas a landing page with some good optimization would actually mm-hmm. do a fantastic great job point. of helping convert. No, I agree. I think it's, uh, I always go back to when before, it may have been after Jet.com was bought by Walmart, but either or, it doesn't matter. They did a, seri- a video thanking you for buying, but they personalized it with your name. Yeah. So they, I mean, the, I guess the CEO, I don't know if he got unique names and every day would have to like, run into the video studio and you know rip through like all the extra names yeah i've done something similar in an ad campaign actually um what you do is you take (laughs) here's the trick you take the most common names Mm -hmm. and you're only talking about the first name because you don't want to put the second name in so you take the first uh the most common first names and you record them in one hit and basically what you do is you splice the audio clip exactly where it is um, and so you, you basically, the code tells, uh, the, you know, the person implementing the video will code in that particular name and it, it populates each and every time. So he's not having to run into a studio every five minutes. But what about the uncommon ones? That's what I was thinking. Like, uncommon ones, again, that might be a, a more of a go into the studio and record it so at you, the time. So you recruit the top 50 most exactly. commonly used names. That and covers then, your 80% rule. Yeah, that, that's 80%. And then for that odd 20%, yeah, you find an opportunity to record those those particular names. Um, Interesting. Yeah, you know, especially with some of the, the diverse names that we have nowadays it's, it's something you have to yeah. really look at and work out 
Yeah, you know, especially in America with uh, having people from all over the world, you have, uh, you know, names that have come from so many languages and all. Exactly. So that it uh, definitely is something to keep in uh, mind. It's, yeah. it's interesting. I always thought that uh, it was a didn't end up making me buy any more from Jet, but <laughs> it definitely was a uh, kind of a good look at uh, using personalization. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, personalization, is, again, it's one of those things, I think, in moderation, it makes sense. You don't want to overuse that tactic, but it definitely can really help elevate your brand. Um, but again, you know, be cautious. Absolutely. Be my, my keyword of the day. That's a great point. Well, I think we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking email marketing. The thing is, I would never give blood before. You know, I, before this happened to me, I thought of every excuse of the book, but I'm so thankful that everybody didn't think the way I did or I would have died. Like so many new mothers, Noelle needed blood during the birth of her son. Thanks to the American Red Cross and a donor like you, it was there. One donation, just an hour of your time, can help save up to three lives. Please sign up to give now at redcrossblood.org. Remember, if you miss anything this morning on the radio broadcast, WWDB 860, or the live stream, you can catch the podcast on our website, smbacceleration.com, or anywhere podcasts are found. If you're a small business owner looking to accelerate their business growth, I recommend taking advantage of our small business marketing audit. The deal is remarkable. As our complete marketing and brand and audits usually start around $2,500, we're giving you this same service for $99 through the end of the year. So if you have any questions on the audit, give us an email at info at smbacceleration.com or give us a call 855-308-5825. Just because you can't see lead paint doesn't mean it's not on your walls, doors, windows, or sills. Today, lead paint poisoning affects over 1 million children. What's more, just three granules of lead dust from old paint can poison your child. If your house was built before 1978 and you have kids six years old or younger or are pregnant, it's very important to know what to do. There are simple steps you can take to make your kids lead-free kids. Log on to leadfreekids.org or call 800-424-LEAD for more information. A message from the Coalition to End Childhood Lead Poisoning, the EPA, HUD, and the Ad Council. All right, we're back from the break, and we're going to be talking some email marketing just in time for Christmas. And I guess you kind of already brought it up with the genius idea of using video for your small business. Yeah, uh, not sure about genius, but <laughs> I'll take it. Um, email marketing is something near and dear to my heart. It's something that I've been been a part of since the very early days, a very standard issue HTML emails. Uh, is actually how I got into coding. Was uh, no kidding. Literally, I, w- I was working at a magazine, uh, Maxim Magazine, back in the day, and um, I was working on the layouts. And I was asked <laughs> by my creative director at the time, "Hey, do you know how to code?" Really? And I was like, "Yeah, no idea." And then I figured it out and uh, started building all their emails, which was pretty cool. Excellent. No so kidding. that was that was anything from you know newsletters through to subscriptions. So. You know, learning the how to what triggers that call to action, what gets people to actually click on that email. Because I think the most important thing to remember about email is you don't want someone to stay in your email for long, because it's not going to convert from an email in Gmail or in Outlook or anything like that. You want them to click. So your only priority is get them to open, and then get them out of there to a landing page or your website or your e-commerce product, whatever it is, as quickly as humanly possible. That's a great point. So again, I, I look at email marketing and, and again, just while we're on this as an aside, you know, 
today, the, still the most popular or most powerful email um, mechanisms are those ones done by Google, which are simple black and white with a hyperlink in text, uh, and they still work. They're still highly effective. They still get people to click because what Google do is, uh, did or what they, you know, those personal kind of style emails, what they do is uh, they get away from all the marketing part and it focuses on what the story of the email is and what you want the person to do. And as long as you, the hardest part is getting them to open it, to be honest. Absolutely. And so, you know, putting that time and effort into subject lines and then working on a really solid call to action and on a reason for someone to open the email and, and click through on the email is the priority. No, absolutely. And it is. And I think sometimes, you know, we forget that really you got to get them out of email. It's so hard to get people to convert out of email right you know or convert right then without getting them to the landing page exactly so i mean yeah i i know i, I can think of many examples some that have been successful some have not which is you know i've always found at least for me the simpler the email is in terms of its message in terms of what i'm asking someone to do the easier it is to get someone to actually click the, the, when you start getting clever with, with some of your headlines or you put these big images that stop people getting to that button mm -hmm. or that link, um, they tend to fall flat. They, they don't get the results. And I've, you, know, you can run, I've done tests, many tests over the years, and I think that's the key to successful e-marketing is test, 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 test. Absolutely. And just in case that didn't resonate, test again. <laughs> um, you know, test your subject lines. Test your content. Test the the call to action. Test the promotion that you're running. You know, maybe phrasing it one way versus another is is going to be a difference maker. So, what, do you, what method of testing do you like or prefer? Do you have one? I know someone that was really into um, what is it called? AB. Yeah, but no, yeah, it is an AB. It's a format, but oh, eighty ten ten. Like you, 10 percent, yeah. and then the eighty to the winner of the ten versus ten. Yeah, that that honestly is kind of how we've done it okay. historically. It, I find that gives me the best idea of what's working in terms of uh, you know if I'm testing a couple of different subject lines, doing it that way works really well. Some of the platforms nowadays actually restrict you from doing things like that or automate it. So oh, really? it may not be 80-10-10, uh, yeah. it may be 80-20 or it may be 50-50, uh, no, so 40-40 with a 10. So a lot of the platforms, and I think MailChimp might be one, and I think HubSpot is another, they don't necessarily allow you to change the cadence of how you're working out those splits. It, oh, okay. it basically does it for you. And in doing so, it creates... Um, some interesting ideas and, and the reason they're doing that is because they've been testing this for years so they stick to what they know and they know that works so what they'll do is you'll set up your email campaign you put your creative together you'll you'll vary your subject line mm -hmm. and basically it will send you know send both emails to two separate groups and then based on what those success rates are then publish uh, to everyone okay. else so what the hard and fast rule is 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 whatever the platform has in implemented but typically it'd be 80 uh i think it's 80 10 10 mm -hmm. okay or, or 80 20 yep um but you know th that's unique to a couple of platforms and and you know do you really want to go against what they've already done and what they've tested probably not no absolutely and i think that is the key you know but i think that's the key for people who are doing email marketing Maybe we should take it a step back. 
how about for all the small businesses right now that are like, I know I need to do email. I've you know, seen the statistics and there's a great ROI and I'm in my email all the time anyway, so why shouldn't I? How do I get started? That's a very good point. Um, so, I mean, my first point of call would be it doesn't have to be overly complex. Mm -hmm. The key to success at the beginning is making sure your database is solid. Absolutely. So, you know, if you're not using a CRM and perhaps you, you've got all your names in a <laughs> in an Excel spreadsheet, which is perfectly fine, make sure those emails are up to date. Scrub it. Um, and I can't remember the URL. Never bounce. Never bounce, yep. Use um, neverbounce.com to check the validity of those emails because over the years people have moved on. They've probably changed their email addresses. You know, Great um, point, yes. There's a lot of smart technology that's stopping people receiving marketing emails. So you have to be really, you know, you have to make sure that you've got your data good. Once you've got your data good, you know, working, uh, choosing a platform. Mm hmm. Like you may already have one. You may be running emails through your HubSpot platform or, or maybe you set up a MailChimp or a Constant Contact. You know, make sure your platform's set up. Make sure your names are in there clean. Always keep your email database clean. That's my best bit of advice at the beginning. And then start thinking about what kind of email you can put together. At this time of year, as we've already talked about, it could be a great way to save a little bit of money on the expense of printing and producing and then mailing cards. You know, create a personalized video for your for your list of people in your email. So you set up your email, you know, uh, seasonal greetings from name mm -hmm. insert name here. Have your video kind of as a static image within the email, and then basically create a page where that video exists. And then ha you know, people will click. Oh, strangely enough, they will click on videos in email, which is still mind boggling to me. But they will, and you know, you can create a very very good and what I would I'd be fairly confident to say would yield great results for, for anyone just doing their first ever email you know so do you you're saying you would embed the email or the video in the email or like a screenshot that takes you to that landing I'd page? have a screenshot going to a landing page okay. because the days of embedding video in email is is it's are gone unfortunately um yep. you used to be able to do it uh, there's been a little bit where you can cheat it a little bit where it becomes a background image the easiest way is to create a landing page and send them to that, to be honest. And that, that way you're not going to get caught in any spam filters uh, or hardly any. So, um, great. So you would basically are going to create a, you're going to create the body of the email copy and then use a screenshot with the, like a video play button yeah. on an image Yeah. or like the thumbnail with, I guess the play button so that people are like assume that if they click it, they're going to see a video. Exactly. Yeah. And Got so that, that will then open up the landing page and they'll be able to watch the video uh, easily. Um, so that could be a really good way to get started is just, you know, first off, get your data clean. If you've got a platform or don't have a platform, pick one. And, uh, you know, if you haven't got one, um, there's loads. There's tons out there. Yeah. And and to be quite honest, for a, for a small company that's just really starting out, I mean, MailChimp's not a bad way to go. Um, HubSpot, for the most part, is free. Absolutely, yeah. um, and it comes with a very powerful CRM portion of the tool, uh, which I think you know most small businesses will benefit from. And plus, it's very uh, yeah. Even if you've got no coding skills, you don't have a creative person on staff, 
they are they have so many templates in Mailchimp and in HubSpot that you don't even really need to create something new. And it's even if you do, it's a drag and drop interface. It's very easy to do. Um, so again, that gets past the fear factor of the platform. It does, and you know what? I'll even take it a step back, uh, one step further back. If you feel like you don't have the emails to get started, remember if you're using Outlook or Gmail or Google for Business, any of them, you have a list of all the con people you've ever emailed are mm -hmm. in there somewhere. Yeah, you know, it's just a process of maybe you have to Google how do I export all the content or contacts out of Outlook or yeah and for the most part that's a very simple thing to do again even if it's coming from your email client mm -hmm. uh, such as your Outlook or your Gmail or, or whoever still scrub it absolutely just because uh, you know things happen people move jobs it, it can change very quickly and and the interesting thing is is don't ignore people that you've reached out to that haven't ever you know necessarily used your services it Correct. doesn't mean that they're not interested. It just means at that particular point in time, they weren't interested. Whereas sending out a simple email can really help reestablish re your relationship with that person and keep your brand top of mind. It sure does. I think it's uh, really important, you know, even if you're sending a quarterly update or something, but you got to stay in front of everyone at least, you know, a couple times a year, ideally monthly. You know, I think some people take it to the other extreme of, you know, I have to email my list every week and you really don't, you know. No, I, I think it's, again, know your audience. Yes. You know, know that comfort point of where too much is too much um, because it's so easy to get flagged for spam these days that you, you really want to be careful. Um, That's a great point. You know, spam, sending something spammy a couple of times and not having a clean list can get you in all kinds of issues. Yeah, it can. And you've got to be mindful of that and be very, very careful. I mean, when you're creating those emails, yeah, you can do a campaign series of emails over the course of five weeks mm -hmm. and you send out five emails to your list over those five weeks. Um, that, that would work just fine. I mean, that's fundamentally what marketing automation is to yeah, some level. Absolutely. Um, but it, you know, creating those emails ahead of time, figuring out your cadence and how frequently you want to be sending them, uh, that's critical. There is also a big difference between those promotional um, promotional emails versus, you know, like newsletter type emails. Um, the expectation on news uh, newsletters, right, if I sign up for a newsletter, I expect at least once a month to get some sort of email. Yes. Um, Maybe, you know, maybe it's every two weeks, whatever it is, uh, depending on what it is. Like publications that are run weekly, you'll get a weekly newsletter, basically. Yes. Publications that are run monthly, you'll get a monthly newsletter. Um, but there is a significant difference between what a newsletter is versus what a promotional email is. Your promotional email should always focus on a conversion point. True. Like I... I I struggle to understand how people just send out emails and, and don't necessarily have a way to follow up. Maybe it's just going to a general homepage. Well, you know, if it's going to your homepage, you're not necessarily focusing someone's intent. If you send True. them to a landing page that has a very simple mechanism to get them to understand a service or a product or, um, you know, download a demo or download a white paper or a case study, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It's a very simple mechanism to get people to convert. And because you, you do it in an independent way, like on a, um, you know, a, 
a, a landing page that's not connected directly to your website, you can exp you can measure the data better. You can understand that customer's behavior better. And then ultimately, if you're worried about getting them back to the website, that's that's fairly easy. A lot of people don't take advantage of thank you messages. True. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. even if you send out uh, an email, someone signs up and completes a form, downloads your white paper, you can send, you can automate your, your thank you message right there on the form or, which is even better because it enables you to, to ver uh, ver verify that email address is email them a thank you message with a link to your website. That's another way to do it, like a related piece of content to what they just downloaded. Yeah, promote your blog. You know, if you're writing blogs, it's a great way to promote your blog. You actually can send out that. If you don't want to send it weekly, say you blog weekly and you're like, well, I think that's too much. Well, you know what? Send a monthly roundup email of here's the four blogs we did this you know month take a look or yeah. something of that sort and let people choose which one of the four or all four or two and you know what yeah. you know give, give them. them options and then again even when you're on your blog don't miss that opportunity to reaffirm that email address or capture new people because bear in mind if your topic's interesting they will forward it along they always you know i forward blogs Absolutely. to you every day yeah or, or articles that we see um so make sure you have a capture mechanism on your blog Absolutely. So subscribe, to, subscribe to my blog. I think, I mean, every website really should have almost, I know it's really annoying, but, you know, the exit pop-up, and there's a, you know, there's a certain reason that you're going to get a percentage, especially if you're taking the time to blog, mm -hmm. you might as well have some way to, you know, fill out a form via it's a pop-up or a footer form or sidebar or something, but... You really need to be not collecting email seems like it's just a spammy thing, but you need to be gathering them. The people that visit your website that are interested in what you have, or if someone gives you their email, they're generally interested in learning more about something. Yes. Um, you know, again, come going way back to basics, you know, your website's your destination. Every form, whether that's a simple email sign up versus a big form versus a contact with us form, is all about building your database. True. So don't think of it as collecting emails yeah. as much as it is building a database. Collecting customers might be a better way of thinking it or prospects. And then the smart, you know, where you start to get clever, and it doesn't have to be a marketing automation platform. This is why we're talking about mm -hmm. e marketing, is once you've got that name, and you start to send emails. That you know, your goal is to turn them from a prospect to a customer as quickly as possible. Absolutely. But again, you don't want to overkill the email sends to them. You want to make it perfect. You don't want them to opt it out. <laughs> yeah, and every email you send can be can give you just a little bit more insight about where that customer is in their journey, in their buyer's journey or customer mm -hmm. journey, as we also call it. And it you know if you're putting a little bit of thought into it every link that you send them to can tell you tell you or describe to you okay they are not ready for purchase yet so what i'm going to do is i'm going to place joe schmo from philadelphia <laughs> into a a, a, a kind of email campaign that helps me kind of build up his confidence in who my company is and try to understand why he came to me for those who are definitely showing signs of interest, they've gone to a landing page, they've downloaded a case study, they've re watched a video from beginning to end, 
those are probably more likely to make a purchase. So again, do you want to hit them with, hey, what are you looking for today, the very next email? Probably not. But what you can do is send out an informative email <clears throat> with a call to action to say, hey, are you interested True. in a free estimate or yeah. a free quote? That will Have start, that call to action. Exactly. Have it gently in there. And then the third email that you send out to that particular instant could be much more aggressive. Aggressive is not the right word, but much more much more um, driven to getting that conversion. So it could be that you offer the free estimate as a small little call to action. In the next one, it's all about the free estimate. Yes. You know, and, and I think that's the sort of thing you have to think about with e-marketing. It's an extremely powerful tool. It can be overused and it can be exploited, and we've seen many cases of that. But if you're smart about how you implement it, and you you're considerate to your audience, and you understand what the what what it is that they need and what they want from your business. You can set up an email marketing campaign, series of them, very easily to focus on driving that conversion and getting them from that prospect to a customer very easily. Absolutely, and I mean, I guess it's <coughs> next level way to look at it would be businesses that are creating courses or you know. Uh, something of that sort, maybe explaining a topic of what they do. I've seen them, you know, like a first time home buyer, home buyers email series, you know, and then they'll send that five part, five emails and five tips, you yeah. know, five tips or something, which I think is a really, you know, great way to kind of not have a set it and forget it type of, you know, Mentality. lead in people. Yeah. Can, you have a landing page, people sign up they automatically start getting this five-part series, you know, and you see as they go through, maybe you do need to spend the time on the analytics of are people dropping out after email two or three or is, are they going to the end, you know, is there a copy I need to change within the emails? Yeah. Should I be playing with the email subject lines? You know, there's a million things you could test once you have up even a basic automation sequence. Yeah, uh, and again, that's the beauty of email. It doesn't cost a lot. It's a low entry point in terms of fee, and the amount of data you can get from that and use and un and help understand uh, your customer even more is, is well worth the investment of time. And again, that's the killer in, in most of this for small businesses is how do I have the time and I think we, we owe it to, to everyone listening to do a show on automation and what that is and how it works. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great thought. I mean, really, that is the probably somewhat the basis of all automation right there is, you know, using email. Yeah. It, and having some form of, you know, process of, okay, this happens, this happens, this happens. Even if you're automating it simply as in, you know, I just include these five pieces of content or five things in this monthly email. Yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, once you start to automate process, and again, this isn't, again, it's not difficult necessarily. It's just it, it can help you understand and free you up to focus on the other areas of your business. So again, with tools like HubSpot that offer this automation sequencing free, there's others out there, and we'll get into this at another time. I think you know email uh, or, or email automation is definitely something from a small business point of view that that can be a low cost entry point that enables you to automate that part of your business. But again, the key to success in that area is really knowing or, or building sequences that work for your customers and understanding exactly what it is you want your customers to do. No, great point. 
And I guess I'm going to put you on the spot with this question. What do you think, which would you use, either HubSpot or MailChimp, if you were starting a business today? <laughs> I think it's a tough question. Thanks, I was t- thinking about it, and I was, I guess that while you're thinking it, since I just threw it at you, I'll tell you what I, my thoughts were. I think it really depends on what type of business I was starting. Yeah, uh, I'd agree. Like if I if I have an e-commerce mm-hmm. website, HubSpot's not necessarily the right choice for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm running e-commerce, Mailchimp may be more beneficial because again, even with e-commerce, you're, you're still capturing data, you're still building your database. But the difference is you're you're trying to make someone purchase something, so your email becomes more about sharing those those offers and sharing those flash sales and, and things yes. like that. So. To me, that's more of a Mailchimp implementation. Okay, um, that's funny. That was exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, two two great minds. Um, <laughs> if it's if it's more your B two B and oh, even B two C. I mean, HubSpot does really yeah. can do both. Um, if you're providing service rather than products, then HubSpot would be my choice, um, or something like that. Marketo is another one. It's a bit more expensive. Uh, well, quite a bit more expensive. Yeah. But you know, as an entry point, as something that's affordable for most small businesses, HubSpot would be a good option if what you're trying to do is build up your database and say you're selling software. Mm-hmm. There's no better platform, honestly, that I can think of other than HubSpot that helps you. A, it's got a massive educational center. To, True. To, to train you on how to do these things. And the other part of it is, you know, it's easy enough to implement. It's pretty simple to set up. And you can pretty much get going from day one. No, um, that's true. Plus, I mean, all the uh, HubSpot ecosystem, you know, once you add the tracking pixel and everything like that, all of a sudden it really is taking your website and lead capture process to a new level yeah not only not only that but if you you know again most sales uh, most software companies has a has a sales force mm-hmm. um so you might have in inbound sales or in-house sales they're picking up the phone they're dialing names they're they're making calls setting up appointments for your outside reps to go and kind of help close the deal uh hubsort can help you understand where you're at within your deal so if you know if your in-house team is not uh, providing enough uh, high quality leads, you can see that and you can understand why. And it could be the way, it could be the script that you have put together. It could be the, you know, maybe it's just the mannerisms of the people on the phone. It helps you understand your sales force, your sales process, even down to your outside sales and how effectively they are to close leads. It can show you um, how you're doing against your yearly goals. True. You know, it, it's a very powerful tool. Uh, and again, for those extra pieces, you pay more over time, but it can grow with you, which I think is the key. If you're just getting started or you you know, you, you don't have that sales force, you don't have to have it. You can just use the marketing portion of it. No, true. Uh, it helps. I mean, the other thing we're, we're inadvertently not avoiding but haven't mentioned <laughs> is that Hotspot also has the ability to allow you to templatize and create landing pages quickly and efficiently with their drag and drop interface. Absolutely. So it again, is. it can work with your website. It can work independently on its own. Uh, it gives you all the power of email the that you would like. Yeah, yep. it's an extremely powerful and robust tool. And with a free entry point, I mean, you can't go wrong. Really. Absolutely. Um, no, you really can't. You know, I was just sitting here thinking as we we're talking about it that I actually have a promotional product sitting next to oh, me. Oh, yeah, you do. And 
I actually should give him a shout out there because it just made me laugh that we were sitting here talking about it and I actually have one that someone else gave me. So they do get passed on. It might not always be the person you're looking at, but this is a First Trust Bank uh, battery pack. And it's funny because it's quality. I actually always have it with me. Yeah. And uh, so they've their branding has been sitting here for the whole hour live stream. So uh, good job, whoever handed that out by First Trust. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it, you know, that's something that's practical, something that you use every mm-hmm. day. Well worth the money. No, absolutely. It's funny. The uh, company I used to work for, they gave us really good ones by Anchor uh, for Christmas, which I actually still have with me. And every time I see it, I think of the company. And like, man, this is actually one of those Christmas gifts that was really useful. It's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> <laughs> it truly does. You know what? In a lot of ways, it really does. Because, heck, I can't tell you how often I'm like, ah, oh, I need somewhere to charge my uh, phone, but I cannot. You know, so yeah, it is. It, it makes a huge good difference. to have that uh, quality gift and uh, one that keeps going. In, well, in I know case. we're coming up to the end of the show here, folks. I yes. hope you had a good time today. That's all we have for today. Big thanks to Dan behind the glass for producing, and everybody. I'd like to thank everybody for listening on WWDB. Everybody tuned in via the podcast or live stream, and we'll see everybody next Monday. Have a great afternoon.